Welcome to the latest episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, as always, Maximilian X. And with me, as always, is the unfortunate PlayStation aficionado, the dude who got stiffed with his new sister, Sean Templar. How are you holding out, Sean? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> ah, sorry, dude. Um, I have okay. to bring it up because, I mean... You know what? Before we get into news, um, everybody, as you guys all know, we have entered the next generation of gaming. The Xbox Series S, Series X, and PlayStation 5 have all come out in all territories. Unfortunately, as some of you probably already know, or probably some of you have already experienced weren't able to get their hands on a new system, including our uh, good buddy here, Sean Templar. As you could probably imagine, news has been a bit slow because of all the reviews coming out for all the new systems and the games that are tied to, well, the games that are tied to the PlayStation 5, because let's be honest here, there's not, you know, actual Xbox Series X, S exclusives coming out anytime soon. Shoutouts to Halo Infinite. Um, so yeah, um, let's just get into the, the 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 big one actually of this week, and that is the nominations for the Game Awards, or as people like to call it, the Keelys. <laughs> <laughs> Do people actually call it that? Yeah, there are people that call it the Keelys because you know it's Jeff Keely's big show, you know, to end the year. And uh, yeah, much love to Jeff Keighley and uh, him doing the the Game Awards. I mean, he's been doing it since the Spike days, and this is, you know, his own thing. I'm really happy that he's doing it, doing it this way, because in the past, yeah. they they tried to kind of force it to make it appeal to everyone, and then they would just throw in these weird acts or weird presenters that don't really resonate with gamers. I I remember one year, and I keep on forgetting the, the guy's name. He was from a community, and he uh, was one of Joe McHale. Yeah, that one. He was yeah. uh, he was one of the hosts, and he was trying so hard to be funny, but he just wasn't. And you could literally f- see and feel the audience cringe every time he would say something. And I thought, like, hey man, I think this kind of got forced onto Keeley because you could really see on Keeley's head that he also wasn't happy with some of the 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 things that happened and eventually you saw Keely just either not responding to the things he said or just trying to cut it off because he was like you know let's just get this over with I've suffered enough I wanted to end now I remember that one in the sense that I remember that it was a thing um but I don't remember a lot of what happened that year just that it was a really weird year because there wasn't um it wasn't big or anything it at least it didn't feel big i don't know it felt very small they were trying to promote the hell out of it but it didn't it based on what they put into it and got from it it was not the best return on investment yeah so either way we are now here um how long has he been doing the game awards actually you know outside of the spike era um, i think it's been five six years because i remember i think the the first one he did 
either the first one or the second one that he did independently to put it that way yeah. was when he uh, honored uh, Kojima with a game uh, game I awards think it was lifetime the achievement year, so it's I think it was been... the second year so, it's, so this is either the sixth or seventh year, I think. Then I think it, it was just the it was the year after Metal Gear Solid Five came out. Yeah, so that would be I think twenty sixteen. Just quickly look that up. Yeah, so he has been doing it for a long time now, and the nominations just hit um, this past week, uh, or at least a week ago, uh, if you're listening to this, and. I think a lot of them, you can probably predict them being in the categories that they are. Um, it was 2016, by the way. 20, okay, so it's been... Almost five years. Almost five years, all right. Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, the things that you would, you would think are in the categories that they're supposed to be makes sense. Um, let's just start from the... Uh, I want to. I, I don't want to start with game of the year because otherwise we'll be here forever. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on. There's, there's, there is a lot of to- a lot to talk about in that in that regard. Um, we're not going to talk about all the nominations, otherwise we're also going to be here long. Just the stuff that um, is that may that may show some interesting stuff or makes absolutely no sense. Uh, the, for example, best art direction, you know, has the usual suspects, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, uh, Oriental Will of the Wisp, naturally, you know, uh, Last of Us Part Two, of course. Um, spoiler alerts, Last of Us Part Two uh, and Hades have a lot of uh, nominations. nominations. So that's cool. But yeah, it makes sense for, for these games to be nominated for best art direction, uh, you have, of course, best score in music. Also, uh, Doom Eternal. Okay, um, I, I haven't played Doom Eternal, so I don't know what it sounds like. It has a great soundtrack. Um, okay, well, yeah. okay. Right. Same goes. Wait, for did the first you play one. it? Uh, I haven't played it, but I watch a lot of reviews on YouTube around tech, for example. And one of the things they always test is Doom Eternal for mm-hmm. graphics cards and stuff like that. And uh, the soundtrack of the game is really good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it apparently it has those those a lot of technology built in that make it really good for benchmarking. So uh, yeah. that's oh, why. Okay. I, I have the first one and I started playing it a while back. And uh, when I finish it, I'll probably jump into Eternal. Cool. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, Hades, uh, or in the Will of the Wisp, and Last of Us Part Two. So you know you see you see the pattern here. Um, if you go to, for example, uh, the, the the interesting stuff is like games for impact, but because those tend to be more uh, indie-focused games. Uh, so, for example, If Found, uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spiritfarer, uh, Tell Me Why, and uh, Through the Darkest of Time. Spiritfarer, by the way, also got a lot of nominations, which uh, I, was, or I was already interested in that game, but considering the amount of nominations it's getting, the recognition that it's getting, makes me even more interested in actually picking up that game uh, and playing it and see what it's all about. Um, yeah, I mean, if you go to, for example, uh, yeah, you know, best community sport, um, it's you know, it's all the multiplayer games, you know, Apex Legend, Destiny Two, uh, Fall Guys, uh, Fortnite, Usual Suspects, you know, No Man's Sky, uh, Valorant is in there as well. And here's the thing: Valorant has a few other nominees. Um, in the esports category. 
among other things, yeah. But I'm actually surprised that it has nominations at all because I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it. I think it's a pretty big deal in the esports or in the competitive scene. But since it it's hardcore, it's almost like Counter Strike 1.6. It's so hardcore that I don't think a lot of people talk about it because it's not something that the casual audience appeals. It doesn't appeal to a casual audience, and it's only on PC. Whereas uh, something like a Warzone is available on almost everything. Um, yeah. So I think that's because I've seen a few people stream it, and I know a couple of people that, that oh, play no, there it. Are, there are some there are some hardcore streamers for it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm I'm just it, it like no offense to the game, but if it wasn't for the nominations, I would have forgotten that this game came out this year. I also keep on forgetting that it came out this year. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <sighs> I'm curious to see if it's going to take away any reward, uh, awards, rewards, awards. <laughs> it, it probably um, will because it's new. It's the same like that. I think next year, for example, League of yeah. Legends will probably be nominated because they're bringing out a uh, new version for, I think, mobile and for consoles. Ah, okay. I did hear about them bringing it out on mobile finally. Uh, yeah, I think the, the same version is coming to consoles. Yeah. Okay, okay. Weird. Kind of weird that League is now only now coming to other systems outside of pc um i uh, think there as well that yeah. I don't, mobas aren't really popular on uh, uh consoles i think i think the reason why they're doing they're doing it is because um they want to tap into that chinese market probably they're mostly it's played on mobile so it's probably that um, and since it's going to take forever for uh, Blizzard to release Diablo on uh, mobile, uh, like yeah, no idea what's going here. on with that game, and I honestly don't care. <laughs> it's probably in limbo. I think they're still working on it. I just think that when it was announced, it was early because did, did they show footage back then? Uh, a little bit because that's what kind of upset people because it looked a lot like a reskinned version of another game that the same developer right, had made right. that caused yes, a lot of frustration. I think that was the problem and they probably had to go back to the drawing board so it's going to take a while for it to come out. Or it might never. <laughs> yeah, uh, either or. Again, don't care. Best fighting game, however, was weird as always. Um, the nomination, the nominees for that are Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, which you know makes sense. Street Fighter V Champion Edition also makes sense. Underknife in Birth uh, also makes sense because you know, again, you probably don't know about it. I but... have, I don't know any of the games on this list besides Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. But One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows, makes no sense for it to add to this list. Not because it's not a fighting game, it is, but from what I've heard, it doesn't really, it doesn't warrant it being in best fighting game, outside of the fact that there are not a lot of fighting games coming out. Yeah, but that's probably the reason why it's here, because there's barely anything. It's the same thing they did, la remember last year they when I last talked year, about yeah. Jump Force being on the list, and it's like... Yeah. There were other fighting games that are out that were better than Jump Force. Why did that make the list? I don't know. But <laughs> I, I think, because I think the way the game awards are structured, it's, it's I think, the same way as the Academy Awards are structured. In the way that in the Academy Awards, everybody that's part of the Academy, so all the actors, directors, the whole shebang, they 
um, they vote. And so I think they also create commissions and those commissions come up with the nominees. And I think it's the the same thing here. Here, it's all games journalists. Yeah, but so like if... If there's it's not, not like of- it's, it's not like an academy or something. It's just all the all the big game journalists yeah. from around the world get to participate. For example, uh, there's literally for representing the Netherlands, the the, the, the Dutch uh, video game community. It's only one website that got asked to do voting. Is it IGN? No, it's Gamer now. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm surprised by that one. No, IGN it represents the US. Ah, okay. I I, I thought yeah. for the Dutch it would probably be IGN or Power Unlimited or stuff like that, but Gamer don't know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, they're the only ones that got asked, to, or at least they're the only ones that participated in, uh, in in the in the judging. So okay, interesting. I mean, it's it's nice to see that they're getting all these publications from around the world. I feel like it could have been a little bit more balanced because the most of them are from the from the Americas. Um, but yeah. There's there's still a lot of stuff that still doesn't make sense, like best sim strategy. I mean, you're putting Desperados three and Gears Tactics against Microsoft Flight Simulator. I really They're miss Total War Troy on this list. I was shocked that it was not on that list. I'm actually surprised it's not on this list either. Yeah, I mean, it's a great game. Again, why is Microsoft Flight Simulator on here and not that? Yeah, but it's it's a sim, and I mean, when Flight Simulator came out, it did kind of make an impact. It did make an impact, but why would I put it against... Because everything else on this list is a strategy game. But that's why the category is called Sim Slash Strategy. It's like best sports racing. I hate that. It makes no sense, and half of them are just EA games. I I think they do that because... And the same for this category, because there are not a lot of games coming out that they just think like, okay, we'll just bunch them up so that way we can fill a category. Well, that's the sad thing, right? It's because those specific genres yeah. don't get a lot of games in them anymore. But that's because the, the which taste was not change. the case like ten or fifteen years ago. But I think it has to be attributed to the fact that our taste as gamers change. If you look at, um, for example, the PS2 era, there was a lot of experimentation with a lot of different kind of genres of games. And when you went to a PS3, still was a little bit there. But on PS4, basically, I mean, like co-op was a big thing on the PS3. It was I, I, you got bombarded with drop in, drop out co-op. Oh, so easily you can play with your friends. So amazing! And then we came to PS4, and then it was one of the words I heard a lot was fidelity. Mm-hmm. The other one was exclusive, and the third one was open world. And that's basically everything that we got. So I think it, it either has to do with market trends or it has to do with our taste but then again how do they know what we want because we only buy what they make for us so it's kind of paradox there (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i mean a game was god of war it's oh oh, let me get a simple example ghost of tsushima sold 5 million spider-man sold 20 million so basically what we are telling sony because ghost of tsushima is, is the fastest new selling ip on ps4 and previously it was spider man um, basically, what we're telling uh, Sony is we love open world games or we love open world action adventure games. So Sony will probably go like, yeah, we can try new IPs, but we have this data based on previous sales that says people love open world action ad- adventure games. So maybe we should focus our resources on that. 
Whereas Ubisoft knows, oh yeah, people love live services because they keep on buying our season passes and year passes. So let's just keep on making those kinds of games. And then Activision... And towers in them. And putting towers in them, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. And EA is probably like, yeah, we don't know what to do because everybody used to buy FIFA and Madden and we have these licenses, so let's lean on those. And Activision is like, we have one cash cow, it's Call of Duty. Let's bring it out on everything. Your thermo- smart thermometer, your your um, smart speaker, your whatever. <laughs> let's bring it out on everything. It's not Skyrim. Jeez, lighten up. <laughs> oh, thank God. I mean... Now, yeah, now, that, Skyrim, it's only going to appear on Microsoft uh, system. <laughs> we don't know that because the funny thing is, and we're kind of taking a side path here, is that that's that's more and more being talked about right now. Is that Microsoft doesn't have a clear answer on what to do because they say conflicting things. They say we want all our games to be accessible to everyone, which is the whole buy into Game Pass story. But at the same time, they're like, yeah, but our consoles or our platforms will be the best places to experience this. Uh, and at the same time, you have the business. About the Bethesda games recently. Yeah, but, but like. That, uh, yeah. They'll, be on, they'll be on their platforms and they'll come out on other platforms later, but you'll experience the best version on their systems. But here's the funny thing. A lot of people or analysts that are projecting that the PS5 will still outsell the Xbox Series X. The PS5 has sold, just in America, or with the launch that happened last week, has sold more units in last week than 12 weeks of PS4 combined, which is just a crazy amount. So 12 weeks of PS4 from which year? When it came out. Ah, so like okay. the first 12 weeks of the PS4, it sold more in a week than it did in the first 12 weeks of the PS4. So okay. from a business point of view, you'll, Microsoft probably has to go like, yeah, but we can't take a stance and say Xbox is the best place to play when, for example, there's 5 million Xboxes out there and there are 15 million PlayStations out there. So like you do get into this situation in which... For an example, yeah. Yeah, for an example. So time will only tell, but it is... It is interesting to see where it will go. Besides the fact that we'll probably never get Starfield and Elder Scrolls at least for the five years or something. Yeah, um, actually, I think Starfield is closer. Ha- I, yeah, Starfield is closer than than uh, than we might actually think. I, it I is. think it'll probably be holiday season next year, or maybe the year after. But like Elder Scrolls yeah. is minimum three four years. Oh, out. yeah, that is nowhere near getting released. Um, but yeah, to go back to uh, to some of these nomin these some uh, nominees. Did, did you check them out? All, or uh... I uh, saw the video Jeff Keighley live streamed uh, around the, uh, the the nominees. I heard a lot of Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, Hades, mm-hmm. Doom Eternal, and Animal Crossing. Those were a lot of the games that popped up frequently. Um, yeah. I am happy with it. Um, partially not surprised by it because it, yeah. it's it's it it's the year 2020 in terms of gaming encapsulated as a whole yeah I, i'm I, for one i'm happy that i'm sad and happy at the same time that cyberpunk got pushed because mm-hmm. um i'm happy because that way it misses out on this year mm-hmm. so that way hopefully either goes to tsushima or last of us wins game of the year but probably not 
Um, but at the same time, I'm sad because it is going to come out next year or it's going to be counted for the game of the year next year. And it will probably be so amazing that a game like Horizon or maybe a game of God of War, if it does come out next year, might not get game of the year unless God of War or Ragnarok is so amazing, which it probably will be. But um, who knows? Nice. The same goes for Age of Calamity. It's not part of this one. It's game of the year contender for next year, probably, if they don't bring out yeah, Breath of the Wild 2. It, it didn't make the cut, which honestly is going to be an interesting thing because um, I played the demo, um, cutting a little bit into what I've been playing. I played the demo, and it, it has a lot of potential. The reviews are already out. Yeah, pretty positive across the board. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the better rated uh, Musou-style games out there, and it, part of it has to do with the fact that they collaborated very closely with Nintendo on this one because it's canon. It's I canon th- to the Breath of the Wild story. I think it's a great thing they did that because, as I told you yesterday, this is probably one of the highest-rated games uh, Omega Force makes because Dynasty Warriors <laughs> games never get these ratings. Uh- <laughs> oh, no. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to work out because if we do get uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild next year, it will cannibalize Age of Calamity. It for one, but considering all the games that were that are going to come out next year, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy but year. But what year. is coming out next year because to be honest, I have no idea what's coming out next year besides Gran Turismo 7, uh, Ratchet and Clank, maybe, or it may be this year, but probably next year. Uh, Horza. Oh, wow, <laughs> All right. Forza, <laughs> Forza uh, Halo Infinite, uh, Horizon mm-hmm. Forbidden West, God of War, and that's basically it. And Breath of the Wild 2. And probably Breath of the Wild 2. But besides that, there's nothing we know. Whereas with previous E3s, for example, we always knew what was going to come out next year. Um, yeah. and something to look forward to. doesn't mean that it's they, probably everybody has some aces up their sleeves. Um, I, think, I, think, I think we'll be pleasantly surprised because, oh, you also forgot uh, Monster Hunter Rise, by the way. Oh, yeah. Which, also comes, with that, which, by the way, has a date. And um, we know the date is set and it's not, probably not going to get delayed because they were planning on having this game out actually this year. Okay. But because of the whole you know, pandemic thing, it got pushed to March. Okay. Which explains why they were able to give a concrete launch date when they announced the game, which is not something that they tend to do that often. So that's good. Oh, yeah, um, we're also getting Resident Evil next year, but I'm not a fan. And of we're things. also getting Resident Evil next year as well. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's like, yeah. It's not, <laughs> it, it is not a huge lineup to get super duper excited about. I mean, there's games that definitely will create excitement but for example last year i knew oh we're gonna get ghost of tsushima and last of us this year and cyberpunk and we're like oh my god you know and and yeah, but that- to be fair those games were in development for forever so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least we knew what was coming and now it's this big mystery i mean there are rumors that horizon is going to come out in the holiday season or maybe at the in q3 of next year that kind of worries me because as a future ps5 owner <clears throat> hurts to say that <laughs> i mean there, there's nothing for me to play besides the launch games and then maybe gran turismo 7 which comes out in the first half of next year maybe ratchet and clank and then that's it i mean i can't let that pretty tower gather dust for so long 
I mean, well, well that's what you have uh, the PlayStation Plus collection for, isn't it? I do, but um, I don't want to answer this because I'm going to get scolded if I answer this. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into that. All right, okay. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we've talked about uh, some of the the, the 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 nominees, but of course, we already we already mentioned a bunch of them. The game of the year nominees: um, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. Who's gonna win? Hmm, I don't know. I honestly no, like I'm not saying that to be weird and or anything. It's just I honestly do not know. Um, there's a lot of games in here that have an equal shot. Hades was received very well. Um, a lot of people were looking forward to it a lot because a lot of people played it in early access on PC. Yep. And it finally got a release uh, this year on PC and on Switch. I was surprised that it came to Switch and not to Xbox and PS4. So I never understood why it came to Switch. Mm, probably because the Switch... I Here's the thing. The Switch is an indie darling because if an indie developer releases a game on the Switch, they have the potential to actually get good returns on them. Whereas on PlayStation and on Xbox, they might get good sales, but not as good because... um, And I honestly don't know why this is... I think it has to do with how the Switch got its its year started. Because when it came out, the most the the most interesting games that came out on the Switch in the in its first year were all indie titles, and, um, Snake Pass, uh, uh, Sonic Mania, uh, Shantae, uh, Shovel Knight uh, got like a complete uh, workout on there, and a bunch of other indie indie titles uh, there got really good sales, and it's been like this constant trend for indie developers to have their game out on Switch as well. If they're not going to go multi-platform, at very at the very least, have a timed exclusive on Switch so they can get that initial sale and then bring it out on the other platforms as well. Because it being out on Switch and being a very good indie title also tends to boost its popularity so that when it comes out on other systems, it does well on those systems as well. Uh, yeah, but I would so, expect... Um, because I still haven't played Hades. I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't picked it up just yet. I, w- I would expect because the developer Supergiant Games had a pretty good relationship with Sony. They brought out uh, the previous games on PS4 as well. So I would expect them to just, you know, either make it a console exclusive or maybe um, still do it. Or maybe Microsoft snatches up the whole game. But I'm just so surprised. I'm happy that it's available on Switch, but I'm just surprised by it. That's all. I mean, th- yeah, like I said, in, indie games tend to do pretty well on Switch, so uh, they they tend to try and get as much out of out of that audience before moving on to the other system. I don't think it's not gonna. I think it eventually is gonna come to you know the PlayStation Four or Five uh, and the, and the Xbox systems. Uh, but for now, yeah, I mean it's on PC. Uh, people on PC have been playing it for way longer than people on switch and you know they've been through the whole process because it was an early access um 
The Last of Us Part Two is going to be very interesting to see how the votes swing in that direction, considering the fact that despite that it is a very solidly made game, there was there was some sizable controversy around the story and the pacing of the game. Um, I've already said it in our spoiler cast. If you haven't listened to it, by the way, go check it out. Um, but I felt the, 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 if, if we're going to go into a little bit of spoiler territory with The Last of Us Part Two, I felt that sudden shift in story from playing as Ellie the whole time and then going back the few days and uh, or a few months or weeks and um, playing as Abby, I get the again, I get the reason why they did that. It it, it doesn't change the fact that it's it feels like a whole tonal whiplash just to tell the other side of the story. Makes you more empathetic for Abby, but at the same time, you've been playing uh, with or alongside Ellie for one and a half games. So having that having that flip uh, flip back was a bit jarring, at least for me. Um, I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima yet, but I know that you love Ghost of Tsushima. I love it. <laughs> I see you I play it online game. so many times. I love it. Like, yeah. While I'm playing other stuff, I'm like, oh, look, he's playing Ghost of Tsushima again. Yeah, I mean, oh. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is I have a, a weakness for Fatal Japan, so I love that era. And mm, I mean, feudal. yeah, I like to. You fatal. said Fatal. Yeah, fatal. <laughs> I, th- I, I thought I saw Fatal, um, but. I mean, I've been screaming for an Assassin's Creed game in Japan forever, and mm. this kind of feels like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm, without all the animus stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the animus. People know that by now, at least if they know my opinion around Assassin's Creed. <laughs> but I mean, this game just is amazing. I, I put a lot of time into it. I haven't gotten the platinum yet, but I'm, I'm really thinking about doing it. Um, so I would be happy if both got them, either Ghost to Tsushima or Last of Us. I think it's going to go to The Last of Us because The Last of Us touches on so many topics or kind of pulls the player in on an emotional journey. And I think because gaming has for so long tried to be this medium that is not just about the fun, but also around the part around emotions and kind of letting you, you feel it and go through it, kind of what, what movies do. Uh, and, in, and in this one, I mean, you get this immense feeling of revenge. You just want to get revenge for a lot of things that happen in that game. And then at the end, they've done it right. They, you completely let that feeling go, and you're all about humanity and forgiveness and growing over uh, that revenge. I personally was a mixed case in that. Um, but I mean, I see what they're doing. So I think because specifically they did that or touched upon those topics, it will probably get game of the year. Um, yeah. but I think to be honest on this list, it's either between Hades or game of, or, or uh, last of us. Well, don't count animal crossing out because yes, um, it came, it, it seemingly came out at the right magical time for it to come out. Um, when most of the world had to uh, force itself into quarantine and people didn't have anything else to do. So they picked up Animal Crossing because other people were picking up Animal Crossing. And even till this point, people are still picking up Switches just to play Animal Crossing with their friends and family. And I think if we're going to talk about Game of the Year, 
in that regard, Animal Crossing has an equal amount of chance to get it because what it did for not just gamers, but for people as a community between friends, family, uh, co-workers, you name it, it was a way to bring people together that I don't think any of these games on this list have done. How, no. how so? Because I remember when The Last of Us came out, everybody in my list was playing it. Everybody in my list was talking about it. It's true. It's but not, there's it, a difference between talking about a game and being together in the same game and just doing doing what we're doing right now, just talking and, you know, relaxing and, and just enjoying each other's company, but at the same time also doing fun stuff, making up games in Animal Crossing, you know, like like batting someone over the head a bunch of times with a, with a net or going out and fishing together or setting up weird poses or doing weird projects in Animal Crossing. I mean, um, people making cool videos uh, where they, uh, you know, make a supercut together, make remaking trailers of movies uh and just and just being something that brings people together in a way that doesn't inspire you know anxiety or anguish between one another you know it doesn't inspire conversations that uh that that people would feel is uh, controversial in any other way Honestly, I think I think that is probably one of the reasons why it made Game of the Year, um, which is a good thing. It's great. It's great that it made Game of the Year. Animal Crossing, as a as a series, has always been that kind of game of bringing people together, and that's one of the reasons why uh, you know the, the 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 original creator of the series. It's one of the reasons why he made that game because he was homesick. <laughs> and he missed and he missed um because he moved from i think uh Kyoto to Tokyo and he just missed that you know that's that's that small that small life living with his and family and that's the inspiration that that brought on the original animal crossing and that has evolved to where we are at this point where you can just hop on a plane and go visit your other friends' island and just hang with them and talk with them. I'm not going to say it's the most ideal way, considering the fact that when you have more than one people over, you have to keep waiting for that plane animation to finish. And then if the person's network connection is not good, gets dropped and you have to start all over again. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I've had my fair share of dropped uh, visits and... Just having people come over take an eternity. I really wish that Nintendo would find a way to make to make it a way smoother experience than it is. But despite that um, technical hurdle to get over with, people still do it and people still enjoy it. And they've been adding to the game ever since. Um, we're now they just released the winter uh, update. That's doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, and I think people are going to get into it during Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I mean, they had the holiday thing. It's really cool. It's uh, it's really cool that it is in there. And 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's all I can say about Animal Crossing. <laughs> I think you just spoke for, about Animal Crossing for 30 minutes, so I think uh, we, we got the point. <laughs> Sorry about that, but but yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've been playing Animal Crossing again, and uh, it, it, yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, I, I can't I can't deny the fact that it brings people together. I mean, that I've, yeah. I've seen a lot. Of, I was always joking, making fun of it because we have this regular group of people we play Call of Duty with, and um, one of the guys has a switch and plays it. And I, I would always hear those stupid sounds the characters make because it's just so gibberish. And I would always say like, yo, man, we're playing Call of Duty. We're not playing Animal Crossing. And I say, yeah, yeah, but I have to sell my blah, 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 you know, for the stock market kind of mechanic they have in there. Sure. And, and then we kind of make, uh, we made fun of it. And I said like, oh, do you have to sell your radishes? And then every time I would say like, uh-uh, but are you sure you want to play Call of Duty? Don't you have to care for your radishes and sell those? I mean, you wouldn't want to, them to go bad. And eventually, you just stop playing Animal Crossing. So we're oh, not hearing anything. Playing Animal Crossing. I didn't bully him. I asked him the other day, like, hey, why aren't you playing Animal Crossing? He's like, yeah, I was a hype man. I'm over it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, either of us haven't played Doom Eternal just yet, but, nope. you know, people, people, it is a fun game. The first one is really fun. And I mean, if you're into um, gory shooters with an amazing uh, soundtrack, uh, go for it. It's still coming to Switch, apparently, but they dropped the physical version, so it's not going to be a digital release only. That's which, which they didn't really handle really well because they canceled the physical version and then GameStop... Uh, uh, GameStop just canceled people's pre-order without telling them why. Uh-oh. So people are like, oh no, they canceled the game and then they had to come back and clarify, no, we haven't canceled the game. It's just 100% digital now. Mm. So it's like, it's still in development and Panic Button has talked about it, but nobody knows when this game is coming out. And they said it's imminent. So one of two things that statement tells me is either we're going to hear it during the Game Awards that it's coming out in December might be a shadow drop. Or, or it comes out early next year. Okay. So I think that's that's when it, the game. I've seen I've seen the reviews and stuff, and the game looks really pretty for you know the amount of gore that's in there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it it looks good. It look technically it looks sound. Um, and then of course we have uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, which I think came out at an unfortunate time of the year because it came out very early in the year and it got very rave reviews. And I played it myself. Honestly, if I I feel that if I didn't play Final Fantasy VII Remake myself, I would have been like, oh, it's just the hype of Final Fantasy VII, you know, the whole legacy of it all. But playing the game myself and beating it, yeah, it's worth, it, it is worthy of the attention and accolades that it has gotten. I'm waiting um, for it, all the episodes to come out and then I'll probably buy it. Like the ultimate super duper collector yada yada edition that contains all the episodes. It'll probably be 10 years, but... Uh, I was about to say yeah. we'll see you in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I played it at all. So like I missed out on PS1, so I can wait that long. Considering that Final Fantasy 16 has been announced and we don't know when that's coming out. To be fair, that one is being co-developed by the Final Fantasy 14 team. Uh, so we don't know how what, what the situation is with that. And I'm pretty sure that the Final Fantasy 7 team is a separate team 
uh, within uh, Square's uh, development ranks. I think Square um, has to um, to make some games and bring them out fairly soon to recoup for some losses because they lost, I think, around seventy million on the Avengers game that came out a couple of months ago. And yeah. at this rate, there are rumors swirling around that Microsoft's acquisition path has not stopped. And I've I've said this before, but I I think. Microsoft might acquire Square after this because then they have this huge Ooh. Japanese publisher and all these beloved Japanese RPGs. So I think I really hope not. Yeah, I but... really hope not because because Square Enix is one of those Japanese developers that still develops for every system. If they go to Microsoft, that's it. That means and you're gonna have to buy an Xbox. That sucks because they have a lot of Nintendo specific franchises. For example, Bravely Default Two is about to come out sometime soon. Still, I think they gave a date. I forget what the date is, but yeah, that one is a big game from 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 Square Enix for Nintendo fans. Um, we have, you know, Octopath Traveler was a big one for Switch back when it came out. So yeah, I mean, I spe- and I think the people that are going to be the most salty are Final Fantasy fans because they're they tend to be mostly PlayStation fans these days. Yep. So yeesh, that would be. Um, yeah, that would be really unfortunate if that happened. Uh, Microsoft has said that they're looking at Japanese developers. And I mean, yeah. if Square Square doesn't bring out a lot of games, the games are sometimes hit and miss. They're losing money on, on Avengers because basically the whole player base is bleeding out. A lot of people are having issues and it's turning into a, an anthem. So basically, um, it lines itself up for a proper acquisition or Sony has to step in and say, hey, um, we've been really good pals since the PS1 era. Um, we're here to extend you a lifeline. I think Sony even has stock in uh, in Square Enix. So even if they get taken over, it's only beneficial for Sony because they get a, a lot of money for that stock. Um, but I think, I mean, there's stuff about to happen. There are rumors swirling around that Sony might acquire Bluepoint or From Software. So I think the Japanese market is an interesting market to look at in the coming weeks and months because I think it's going to get kind of like a a shake-up, uh, to put it. Yeah, unfortunately, Sega is also bleeding money. They had to sell their arcade, their arcades to another company. I mean, the arcades will still retain the club Sega naming, and Sega is still going to make arcade games, but they're switching their focus to console games which is very sad, and I'm very grateful that I got to go to uh, Japan back in 2018 and actually experience a Club Sega. I even went to one of their one of the Club Segas that had a uh, VR uh, department you know, nice. all the way at the top of the, the floor, and I, I played a VR game. It was really fun. But uh, I spent a lot of time in a Club Sega mostly playing Taika no Tatsujin. <laughs> <laughs> the drum game. Nice. Uh, I got very, I got adequate at it, and it's a really good workout. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's sad to see that that's happening. Um, on the other hand, Yakuza Like a Dragon is getting rave reviews, and the, the, you know the Persona series is doing very well. So it's really sad, and you know there were rumors going around that Microsoft might be buying Sega. Uh, oh boy, I don't know. I I I honestly rather feel that if, if anything, if anything would be like poetic justice that Nintendo buys Sega 
and just buries that hatchet once and for all. <laughs> Does Nintendo do acquisitions? Because I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. if they've the done last, any. Well, the last acquisition was their biggest one, and that was uh, uh, Monolith Soft. You know the the the, the Zenosaka guys who now ah. make the Xenoblade uh, okay. games. So yeah, I, I mean that was the last biggest acquisition that Nintendo made. They've made smaller acquisitions in the past. Because um, you rarely hear about them. Uh, I mean, let's not forget one of their the the previous big acquisition that they made was Retro Studios, the makers of the Metroid Prime uh, franchise and the Donkey Kong Country Returns mm-hmm. uh, series. Okay. So yeah, I mean, they don't tend to make really big acquisitions unless they feel it's beneficial to them, and that's why I'm kind of hoping. Hoping that for whatever reason they look at Sega and feel like that might be a good addition to them because if they did, it would make it would make Nintendo like some really interesting players in the industry, which they aren't right now. They're doing their own thing, which is fine. It's just I feel like their portfolio is needs a bit of diversity, and that's why we've gotten stuff like Arms. That's why we've gotten the Splatoon series. Um, you know, that's why they keep trying to make Pikmin happen, even though it keeps not happening, which is unfortunate because the Pikmin games are fantastic, but not a lot of people seem to understand what makes Pikmin so fun. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with the, 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 the Japanese gaming industry. It's in a weird flux, but yeah if sony or microsoft ends up gobbling up other uh, big uh, big publishers developers in japan yeah who knows what the landscape's going to look like yeah um i think 2021 is going to be an interesting year yeah it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next year and it's going to be interesting to see who wins the awards this year but that's on the 10th i th- think that is not a recording week for us maybe it is i don't remember but i yeah i don't think it is because i'm checking it right now and uh no we no we uh the next episode comes out literally the day before the game awards so i think our 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 last episode of the year uh might talk about the game awards and how that went um but if you want to know our opinions you can always find it on our instagram which is at game rivals or on our twitter which is at game underscore rivals underscore we've been uh, a bit more active on the twitter as well so please uh follow us there and uh, check us out there. Um, in the meantime, we uh, are going to head into a break. And then when we come back... Whoa, we whoa, whoa, will... whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to skip this before answering one thing. Oh, what is that? And that is... We have... Um, because everybody's been talking about Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. Game Pass is so awesome. And everybody's been saying, but what were Sony's response? We finally got a semi-answer to that because I know that Gizmo has been literally beating me to death about how awesome Game Pass is. Well, not literally, people. Not literally. Figuratively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figuratively. (laughs) Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Um, (laughs) Jim Ryan had an interview the other day in which he got asked about uh, Sony's response to Game Pass. 
And he said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're working on it. We're not going to talk about it today, but there's something in the, really soon that we're going to either show or tell or unveil about it. So keep your eyes posted for that. So there we have it. Sony is working on an answer to Game Pass, even though we have the PlayStation Plus collection and PlayStation Now. Which is kind of ironic, considering the fact that Jim Ryan also said that doing something similar or the same to Game Pass is a waste of money and you would not be able to make money off of it. I think the players have spoken and they want something like Game Pass. Yeah, obviously. I mean... Because let's be real here. That's the only thing that is interesting about the Series S and X right now is that there might not be specific games for the system, but you have this plethora of not just Microsoft's own games or the third-party games that come with it. EA Play is now a part of it as well. So all the EA games in there are also available to you for a neatly sum of 15 bucks a month if you get the ultimate uh, pass, which is crazy because then you can play it on your console. You can play it on your PC. If you have an Android phone, you can play it on xCloud. That's a lot of game for just 15. Crazy value. It's a crazy value. And Sony would be crazy to not have something similar. Even though they have the PlayStation Plus collection for PlayStation 5 owners, and you're still paying the same 60 bucks a month and not getting the same value on PlayStation 4. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but I think that that's... I mean, when the PS4 came out, Sony kept on putting games in PS Plus for the PS3 owners and the Vita owners as well. So you'll probably just get this transition in which... um, Because there's also rumors floating around that God of War Ragnarok might come to PS4. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Ryan was asked about it and he didn't give a clear answer on it. Um, yeah. He said, I'm not going to discuss that right now. So, Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Uh, same here. But in, in it, at, the same, in at the same time, it causes this, this kind of divide because it, at one point, Sony said, we want people to know that there's a reason to buy PS5. We have games that we make for PS5 to justify the fact that you buy a PS5, that you invest in it. Um, that's why we want uh, those games to be there. And now they're bringing games to PS4 as well, which is still an amazing thing because if you are a PS4 owner and you are not upgrading to a new PlayStation, you can still enjoy uh, Horizon Forbidden West and hopefully God of War on the PS4. I mean, that's just insane. Instead of them saying, oh, you want to play it? Buy PS5. That's true. That's true. I am curious to see how that's going to end up because um, I honestly don't know what they would do differently other than doing basically the same thing. So, yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess time will tell. We'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about before we move on? I'm good. All right. So, again, stick around and we'll be right back with the second segment of what we've been playing. And we're back with the second segment, which is, of course, as always, what we've been playing. Sean Templar, what have you been playing? I think you just blew out my eardrum, so I'm just recovering from that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that, Chief. Um, (laughs) I've been playing a few games. 
So I've been playing Watch Dogs Legion on my PS4. Um, mm-hmm. It came out, of course, at the beginning of the month. Um, I have to say, it's really nice. I played the first two. Uh, the, I liked the first one. The second one, I liked a little bit less, even though the, the second one was better. Um, and the third one, Watch Dogs Legion, is really nice. They've made this really cool, accurate representation of London. I went to London last year, so I've been to places where I was. So it's really nice to see that. Um, it's also really cool to see the mechanic they have around that you can recruit everyone in the city, which you literally can. Um, you can use your phone to, to look at people and see kind of what kind of skills they have, what their occupation is, their name, stuff like that. Um, and that really makes it fun because um, the game in the beginning tells you that you need specific types of, of, of operatives, as they're called. But eventually there's, the whole game opens up and you can recruit um, in phases, whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, London is divided into boroughs. So you need to do missions in those boroughs to liberate the borough. And then when you do that, you get access to a specific type of operative, such as a, uh, a, a hitman or a spy or a, a drone hacker. Um, so that's really cool. So I, what I'm currently doing right now is I'm just liberating the borough. So you do uh, a couple of little side missions. And then when you've done, when you've caused enough uprising in a borough, you can do the main mission to liberate it, uh, which is also really nice. Um, I'm, I'm not that far in the, in the main story because um, I just want to have the whole map free before I move on. So um, I'm almost there. I think I need to, to liberate two boroughs or something like that. Um, I also play with permadeath on because that's an option in this game, meaning if your operative dies, they're gone. I've had two of my operatives die so far. It's really sad because the first operative that died was my first actual character that I played with. So he's, yeah. not, he's not longer with us to see the journey till the end, unfortunately. Aww. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and and so, um, I mean, you can choose to play off with it. I mean, the game offers you the option in the beginning. But in a lot of reviews I read that they said, like, you should play with Permadeath on. It adds a different layer to the game. And it does because I my playstyle is simple. I try to sneak into everything and stealth my way. If that doesn't work, I just switch to Garamba mode and I just go guns blazing. Instead of normally, I just go in guns blazing. But with permadeath, it, it's a bit different. Um, yeah, the only gripe I have with the issue is the, with the game is that it the the driving of the cars it doesn't feel as as smooth or as nice as you're used to from other games. And I shouldn't compare it to GTA, but in GTA the cars just drive really nicely. Um, and here the driving feels something like. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which I also didn't like the way the cars felt and drove. It differs per car, but um, so far it's been a little bit hit and miss. I'd rather take an electrical scooter and you'll see me whizzing around on my <laughs> my moped to <laughs> London. Um, I also found this like this little way to, to cheat the game. You have a, a construction worker that you recruit early on in the game, and one of his abilities is to uh, summon a um, a construction drone which is basically a big drone that can lift heavy stuff, but you can get on top of the drone and then just drive or fly the drone around. So what I basically do is I just select him, summon a drone, hack the drone, get on the drone and fly around the whole city to where I need <laughs> to also to get those places that are hard to reach. I'm kind of cheating a little bit there. Um, but you know, that's the nice part about the game. It gives you a lot of freedom to experiment with different play styles in the game. Um, but yeah, that's basically Watch Dogs Legion. The game will will get a multiplayer slash co-op update in December, I believe, in which they'll add oh. extra missions you can play with other people. 
Um, cool. I I kind of hold held off on the game on playing it because I wanted to uh, to save it for the PS uh, PS Five, but since that's not happening, um, I might as just continue on. And besides Watch Dogs Legion, uh, we're playing the regular Modern Warfare multiplayer, of course, as always. I mean, that's just the grind that's going on. I need to make sure I have enough coins to get another free battle pass. Otherwise, I have to pay for it. Um, I've also been playing... Uh, I, I kind of felt nostalgic. So I, I bought a PlayStation Classic last year, but I, I barely used it. So I was feeling, feeling nostalgic the other day. So I hooked it up to my TV. And I funny thing is, is the, room, the, the wiring for the PlayStation controllers is really short. So I literally yeah. had to sit in front of my TV. <laughs> in case people didn't know, I have a 55-inch TV, so I have this huge-ass TV in front of me. <laughs> it's almost like getting a sun tan. And then um, I played Metal Gear Solid 1. It was really nice. Nice. Yeah, at this point, I mean, I know the whole game inside out, so it's basically... I know where Most to go. memory. Yeah, I knew where to go. I mean, I was at the point where you come out from the, the underground infiltration straight out of the elevator, so I straight immediately... Grabbed the gun from the truck who's standing outside. I went in, went to the DARPA chief. Spoiler alert that the DARPA chief dies, but hey, you could have known that 25 years ago. <laughs> uh, and then I met Merrill, and I went to, to, to the arms tech president, did the boss battle with Revolver Ocelot. And, good uh, boss battle, by the way. That was a good boss battle, yeah. And now um, I need to find Dr. Hal Emmerich. And the funny thing is, is that, I mean, games have obviously changed from a visual point of view i mean we've we're getting games that look photorealistic and normally you would expect when you go back to an older game you would be less forgiving and you would kind of stop playing it because it's not as pretty but with metal gear solid one i can just forgive it for the way it looks because it just gave me such a unique experience at the time um so i, I really don't mind that the game looks um i wouldn't say ugly but looks unique for its time uh, so I, I really don't mind. It, it is strange to have a PlayStation controller in your hands without DualShocks or without yeah. analog sticks. So it's a bit funny to to struggle with that. And also, I have pretty big hands, and those controllers are really tiny. So sometimes it feels like I'm holding this mini controller. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that and um, I uh, I bought Battlefield Five yesterday on my PlayStation. I played it for a while on PC, but it was in the sale on PlayStation. And since I play a lot of shooters on PlayStation these days, I was like, you know what, let me just buy this. It's cheap. It's in the sale. So I played a couple of multiplayer matches. Um, really fun. Um, it feels like Battlefield. And, yeah, I mean, if when you switch between Call of Duty and Battlefield, or those are completely different games, so there's a little bit of getting used to. At some moments, I have um, that I'm just getting my ass handed to me. And in some moments, I walk up this cemetery and i see two people in center of me and i just shoot them and i kill them instantly i'm like did i just do that how the hell did i just pull that off whereas i kill i got killed five times before this so sometimes i have those moments in which i get lucky and get a few shots off i love the destructibility in battlefield you can literally destroy anything so it's really satisfying when you can just call in an airstrike and see a whole building get blown out um, and, and sound design is really amazing. So when you kind of hear those shells popping in, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the new one, which is coming out next year. So hopefully uh, it's next year soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's basically my list. 
All right, cool. Awesome. Well, for me, um, it's been a, yeah, it's been an eventful two weeks because I've been playing. If you, if you guys have listened to previous episodes, uh, I was talking about finishing uh, my uh, Spider-Man on PlayStation 4, the original one, uh, and God of War. And I did both. Happy days. So, yeah, um, finally. Um, I'm also close to getting my first Platinum, although the question is if I still have the patience to do that because the only things that I have on the list is um, getting all the costumes. Um, and I think one other... No, I think I actually got that trophy. So I think there's literally just one more trophy before I get Platinum, which is getting all the costumes which means that I have to get better scores on the challenges for the Taskmaster things. Those were and, annoying. Those were really annoying. I'm not happy. I'm what, so not happy that that's the thing I have to do. What I did, and I think that's something I advise everyone, is to do everything while you're playing the game. Because when you get to the end and when you finish yeah. the game, you don't you have kind of the energy to do it anymore. To do it anymore, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of where I've reached. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a darn good game. It's it's really fun. Uh swinging around New York City it's never really stops being fun. It's yeah. very satisfying. I'm really curious to 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 feel how that's like with uh with a PlayStation 5 controller. Um good buddy of mine uh, already has his PlayStation 5 uh and I I'm pretty sure he has Miles Morales. So whenever I get the time to visit him, I'll try it out, of course, and see how that feels. But yeah, it, it's it's just a, such a just a joy and unlocking all those skills and chain, tr- trying to chain like really cool combos. Although to be fair, my uh, my go to uh, web uh, suit power up was the web blossom because it's great for crowd control. Yeah especially when you get to the later part of the game where you have to fight a lot of crowds. I know it's a two-year-old game, but considering that a lot of people probably didn't pick it up on PlayStation 4 and going to play it when they get the Ultimate Edition of Miles Morales, which comes with the remake of it. I don't want to spoil it for them, but let's just say, at least to me, I don't know how you are about it, Sean Templar, but to me, the Web Blossom was... The thing that saved me a lot of times. It saved my bacon so many times in so many brawls. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. And I see suit power <laughs> suit power available. I'm like, yes, press the buttons. Yes, web blossom. Web them all up. Stick them <laughs> to the walls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I can focus on, like, the bigger guys because they tend to take way more hits. Um, I can't remember which ability I use the most. But I use the... Um... The Avengers suit the most, the one with oh, the tentacles. Yeah. yeah, that one's so cool. Yeah, there are a lot of cool suits that they added afterwards too. They even added the uh, the suit from uh, Far From Home. Uh, from Far From Home, yeah, the the, the stealth suit. Yeah, the black one. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm. That's the first game I'm gonna play when I get a PS5. I'm gonna get the Ultimate Edition and first play Miles Morales, and then probably head into Spider Man because. Been wanting to replay that game uh, for a while now. Yeah, yeah. 
I can I can see why people really enjoyed it. I can also see why people kept nagging me to finish it. So it's um, only because we really want you to join in on the fun. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> Never um, mind. Finish that game. Not saying that I didn't enjoy it. Jeez, man. It's just <laughs> You know what it's like to wake up every Monday and then get a text message from a person saying, Spider-Man, play Spider-Man. D- it, did he it, really that... send it every Monday? Well, he's sent it almost every day. So, all right, time for your weekly reminder. And then it's like either just that or a Spider-Man meme. So, wow, he's a know. persistent one. Yeah, well, it got me to finish the game, didn't it? Thank God. <laughs> and did you do uh, the same for God of War? Yes, unfortunately it did, but that was literally just nothing but boy. That's it, yeah. Every boy, have you finished time. Spider-Man yet? That would be the perfect uh, combination. I, fi- I finished it, and wow. Just good story. Like, a really tight story. Well told, well paced. Um, the combat... All, the, the only thing, however, is the... Um, the RPG mechanics in, you know, because you have abilities and you have stats and you can increase them by... Are we talking about Spider-Man stuff. or God of War? No, now? we're talking about God of War. Oh, okay, because I didn't know. Because <laughs> it's a good story and you didn't say you didn't do like a, a crossover. To, okay, and I'm going to talk about God of War. So I'm like, huh? What is he talking no, I about? did. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. <laughs> the whole thing about the whole boy thing. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> But uh yeah, I mean the, the yeah, the stat the the stat thing is fine. It's just that in the end game there were skills that I could not unlock because I did not have the requisite stats for it. Like for example, my runic uh my runic stats weren't high enough, uh, high enough so I couldn't unlock at least a a quarter or a third of um Kratos' abilities. In the meantime, I was able to do unlock all of Atreus's abilities, who, by the way, got really handy I think, in the later uh, game. Like, I think Atreus was, is the best sidekick to have. Atreus was is amazing because the uh, I I want to talk. About, you know what? Screw it. Spoilers for the the final battle of God of War for the next couple of minutes. Oh my goodness, how cool was it when you were fighting side by side with Atreus against Baldur? Yep. That was so cool. And the payoff was so great because at that point, Atreus finally under I finally found out that he was part god because he found out who his father was. Yep. And that whole journey was really weird because before that, he was a likable kid. A little he was bit, a naive a little, kid. Uh, he was a naive kid, but you could relate. Mm-hmm. And then he found out that he was a god, and he became this arrogant little <laughs> bastard. <laughs> oh my goodness! There were when he talked to Sin, when he talked down to Sindri, I was like, "What are you doing?" Yep, it kind of got Sindri, to him, like yeah. it got to. I'm like, "Why are you being such?" Mm! <laughs> why this is this is why Kratos keeps yelling at you he, the, even Kratos couldn't even ah oh, that was so weird I know and it wasn't until they went back to Helheim 
that he that that he finally snapped out of it and then realized what he was doing was not him and he finally kind of returned first he got a little bit timid and you know that realization happened and then he found then he basically found out that zoo that um kratos killed zeus and that was a whole big thing he at least extrapolated that he killed another god before but it wasn't until the final battle that he finds out that the god that he killed was his own father and that all that whole exchange happened while balder was trying to kill freya who was his mother which i also did not see coming by the way um to be fair, I'm not into like the whole Norse pantheon thing, so a lot of a lot of stuff is just you know the, the basic stuff that you might find out uh, through you know talking to other people or doing a quick Google search. But for me, most of this stuff is you know beyond. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but beyond the stuff out of the Marvel comics, I don't know anything about the Norse pantheon. So. Yeah, the ending part is also I'm not, I'm not going to spoil that part because I think that's a really big reveal, but when you fight Boulder with Atreus, it feels like the perfect accumulation of what has happened, right? I love start- uh, those fights because it it is I mean the way you you just you how to put it? You just hit Boulder and he, it's almost like you're Superman. I mean, if you yeah. watch Man of Steel, you see Superman flying all over the place in those battles, and it's almost like yeah. you're Superman. You just hit Balder, and he flies 10 kilometers in that direction, and then he hits you back. It, it just feels so powerful. You feel like, yes, I'm a god, and I kicked yeah. your ass. Yeah, but, you know, he was invincible. He couldn't feel pain. He couldn't, he couldn't kill him. He was unkillable. He was immortal, and he was bitter because of it, because his mother turned him that way. Yep. Um. But yeah, the that battle, a lot the choreography between Kratos and Atreus, it's so cool. At a certain point, you're doing a quick time event where Kratos is uh, you're, you're trading blows between Kratos and Atreus. So Kratos throws a blow, and then you have to press the square button so that uh, Atreus uh, lands a blow. And it's so cool! Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is such a cool experience. And then the ending. Oh my goodness! The ending sets up the fact that there's obviously going to be a sequel, and ah, oh, it's so good. It's did you so see good. the after credit scene? I did see the after credit scene. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It set up. A, it sets up the sequel so good. Oh, well, oh it's hopefully so cool, you'll finish the game when it comes out and won't keep us in suspense for another two years after. I'll finish the game when I dang well please. <laughs> oh! Oh! Wow! Okay. But I will say I will say this. Um, so, just like in Spider Man and in most modern games these days, you have these expert battles, and in God of War, it's the Valkyries. Oh, they're so difficult. Yeah, I haven't freed one of them, and I don't uh, think I'm ever because I I don't know if it's because I lack the skills or if I myself am not skilled enough at the game to beat them. But I can't even get like a quarter of their health down before I 
get my 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 ass I think in. you have to be patient with them because I I almost but finished the first one. Give, they, over, they don't even give you the time to be patient. They just rush at you with their with their moves and their wings and their uh, whatnot and just uh I think it's one of those Dark Soul Demon Souls kind of battles. You just need to learn yeah, but the pattern even, and yeah, but even with Demon Souls, Dark Souls, they give you the time to learn the pattern. Here I feel like there's they have a pattern, but it's just there's no downtime in whenever you can attack them. Uh, I, and I, I also, almost finished and I, the first I, one. And, and, and I also suck at parrying, but that's besides the point. Well, I think that the issue lies there. Because <laughs> you really need parry with those. Enemies. You really need parrying for those battles. And yeah. uh... I, I love that mechanic, by the way. It's really cool that he just, you can feel the, the control, controller rumble yeah. and then the slow motion animation follows. And, and about yeah, it's, it. It's cool when you hit it off. Yeah. Yeah. And about Atreus, I think Atreus is one of the best, if not the best, AI companion in any game. Because in a lot of games, your AI companion is a burden instead of an added benefit of having. Because they might get spotted, or they might get in your way, or they're completely useless. They can't do anything. Whereas Atreus just really adds something to the game uh, instead of you just being annoyed by him. I think the part of the reason is, is that you can kind of control him. In the sense that, you know, he has those special arrows that he can fire off. Yeah. And you get to choose when he fires those off. So yeah. I think that adds a, a, a little bit of layers. And, of course, his summoning uh, ruins as well. So I think that partially adds to the whole Atreus being useful. Aspect. I um, It's one of those first games that I... When it, when it, when I saw it was in, par, in the PlayStation Plus collection, I got excited because I thought, like, hey, God of War is one of those games... God of War and Spider-Man are both games that I only played once, and I've been wanting yeah. to play those games for a while now. And when I saw that they were both, oh, when one of, when I saw that God of War was released in the PlayStation Plus collection, I'm like, oh, okay, that's one of those games I'm going to play on PS5 because I think that I'm would be curious just... to see how that's going to work because you know how you can travel between uh, um, areas with the um, uh, with the through the gates, mm -hmm. and I and seriously, I only found out towards the end of the game that you don't have to walk. You can just stand there and wait until that gate spawns up so that you can walk through it. When you're in the realm between realms. People cannot see my face, but you can. Just this expression. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. So I was like, oh, I don't have to walk around. I can just stand there and wait for the gate to spawn in the realm between realms and then walk through it. I wonder if the, how much the, the, that's going to, uh, to affect it because they use that loading time to dish out more lore. So I know. how is that going to run on a PlayStation 5? It, you know, is it going to cut off lore? Like, what's going to happen there? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked online to see what it does. I mean, you'll probably be able to find some videos online about it. But it's not an issue I've seen anybody raise. Yeah, Maybe I, it's because people in general are just amazed by the load times. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of people like, oh, the load times. And the controller, of course, the dual sense. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm kind of worried about it because almost everyone that talks about the PS5 says that the controller is the game changer. But I think that it either lives or dies with the fact that developers utilize the controller in the way it's meant to. And exactly. now it's it's a bit of a mixed batch. 
because I hear that it's not as amazing as in Miles Morales as you would want it to be, but at the same time, it's really good in a Demon Souls and a Black Ops, for example. And in, of course, uh, Astro's Playroom. Astro's, but that's like everybody says that's the first thing you have to play when you get a PS5. Yeah, apparently there's a lot of cool nods to PlayStation history in there, so. I saw, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that because that feels like a very Nintendo thing to do. Yeah, I saw a God of War Astrobot, a Last of Us Astrobot, something related to Uncharted. So I think they have like all the. I saw Helgen Astrobots. Really? Oh, I haven't yeah. seen those one yet. Oh wow! Yeah, the, and the only reason I saw it is because Herman Hulst posted it on his Twitter. Oh, Herman Hulst. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, you know, it harkens back to his roots. So. That's really nice, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's pretty much what I've been playing. I've been playing Animal Crossing again since the winter update. Um, I just started again, so there's not a lot to talk about. But it's gearing towards uh, Turkey Day, which is their equivalent of Thanksgiving. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, they added some f- cool new updates. You can finally... You'll finally be able to transfer your save file from one switch to another, which is not have been possible until up to the, up to up till this point. So yeah, um, if you're still playing Animal Crossing, uh, let us know. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That's it mm-hmm. for me. Oh, it is all right. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. Cool. Then I'll just do my magic and uh, let's get the show uh, to an end. Thank you all for listening, as always. Um, we really enjoy doing these podcast episodes. If you haven't checked out our previous episode, don't forget, because that was a really nice one where we did a generation in review uh, with uh, Gizmo and Robin and, of course, Maximilian. So please don't forget to check that one out. Um, you can follow, find us on your regular podcasting platforms. We're on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcast. Basically, I think all podcasting platforms most yeah Yeah. um you can also leave us a voice message through anchor Uh, you can either do it through the app or through the link in the description you don't have to create a uh, an anchor account for that we're available on twitter uh maximilian has been uh, posting and reposting and retweeting i don't know how the whole twitter thing works but he's been sharing a lot of love through uh through twitter so don't forget to follow us there or to at least talk to us there it's at game underscore rivals underscore um we also have an instagram channel um at Instagram, and a fun thing to know is, is we're doing at a... Instagram. Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I got excited for the for the for the thing I'm about to say. At Game Rivals on Instagram, um, but we're doing something really fun. Is and what we're calling it uh, my gaming setup 2020 challenge. So we're just trying to spread some extra love and positivity throughout the community because you know it's been a strange and difficult year. Um, so far, we've we've create we've partnered up with some amazing Instagram creators throughout the world. Um, well, basically what we're doing is, is we're just taking a picture of our setup, no matter how simple or fancy it is, and we're just sharing it. So everybody can also do that because, you know, everybody has a gaming setup and it doesn't have to be something amazing. And then we just tag people which we think deserve some love or people we kind of nominate slash challenge to participate in as well. I've seen some amazing setups come by. Um, I've shared mine, which everybody said looks simple and clean. Like, hey, that is what I'm after. So Kind of nice to get the the acknowledgement for that. I know that Maximilian is going to post his one in a bit, and I can say he has a really sweet one for all of you Nintendo fans out there. Some really OG stuff in there. Ugh, I can't <laughs> believe that I use the word OG. 
Uh, but yeah, that. And um, yeah, don't forget, you know, just gaming is something, and I've said it before, gaming is something that brings us together. And don't forget to just share that passion with everyone. We're entering the holiday season. If you have a next-gen console, you know, ha- great. Have fun with it. If you don't, it's still great because it's gaming, you know. There's still amazing stuff coming out. Um, just make sure that, you know, we all get through this holiday season happy and well. Um, don't forget, if you want to reach out, you can also send us an email, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Such an uh, such, such anticlimactic thing to do, like I hold a hit, r- really great speech around positivity and then say, oh, don't forget to email us at gamerivalsfeedback.com. <laughs> <laughs> I should have ended with, uh, with the speech. But yeah, I think that's basically it. Have I forgotten anything? Uh, no, just uh, again, thank you guys for listening. We've seen a, a, a great growth in our listenership. So again, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to share it with your fr- with your friends. Uh, let them know that we're around. Um, you know, just spreading the love of gaming, of course. 2020 is almost over. Uh, we're about to head on to 2021. It's going to be an amazing year for gaming. Uh, hopefully, uh, 2021 will be uh, way better in general. Uh, but you never know what can happen. Uh, the only thing we know for certain is that we will be here. And we will be bringing you the best content that we can possibly give you guys. So, yeah. Once again, thank you guys for listening. I have been and always will be Maximilian X. And I have been and always will be Sean Templer. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Later.